0: Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories... And the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's give it up for that band... Was Gabriel Mason and the Heavy Metal Rangers? I don't know. I I really don't know. I I, I, was, I was I'm reaching. I was stretching. So I don't know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Changes in Latitudes: A Transgender Experience, episode number twenty. Wow, twenty! It just seems so. Formal, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, if you don't know what that whole band thing is that I do, I realize I haven't said this in a while. So, if you don't know what that whole band thing is, check out episode three. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, all right. Moving on. Hey, everybody! Thanks so much for downloading and listening to this. You know how much I appreciate it. If you're a first-time listener and this is your first episode, welcome. Thank you. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. It's a magical ride through. Uh, my life and and people and friends and things. I don't know. We're only episode twenty, so you know we're still growing and learning and and figuring things out. And and I think that's what's really uh, it, uh so much fun for me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to dwell on that so much right now because we got a little great episode coming up. But I want to talk about last episode, episode nineteen, uh, doing guy stuff. And as I said in the episode. I am not sexist. I I don't think there's man's work and woman's work. I don't think that wasn't brought up that way. So um, every time I say that, I want every new listener to hear that. So if you hear it multiple times, that's the only reason why. And for me, in the sense of doing guy stuff, I always choose the easiest way to do it. And I don't really let trans get in the way or transition get in my way or stop me from going about what I need to get done. I mean, it delays me sometimes, maybe, but I still try to get things done. Also I realize in my journey there's going to come a time when it's going to be harder to look like a guy than than not <laughs> you know and and so I'm 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 so excited for that to happen and I realize it's got to take its time and so patience is a is a virtue I mean that's <sighs> Golden rule right there. Uh, anyhow, uh, that kind of sums up what that was for episode 19 as far as the main topic. I also want to mention that I answered uh, the 30 day challenge, trans challenge, episode uh, number, not episode, uh, question number nine, and basically, you know, positive spin on being trans. And I, I said the fact that we get a chance to relive a second childhood um because because we we do um I think it's a really awesome thing that we need to embrace and not look as such a a burden it's part of the journey, part of the process when you came out as trans when I came out as trans that was part of the the sign up that was that was you know what what uh what you signed up for so Try not to let it get in the way. I mean, believe me, I know it does, but realize what it is so you can take take charge and take control of it and and use it to your advantage. I mean, that's really what I was trying to say in that. And believe me when I say the imagination is strong, I hope you all really understood that, what I was talking about there, because uh, it is, it really is. If you give yourself a chance to just daydream daydreaming is something that I kind of like to do. You know, I'll sit and listen to music or or I'll kind of watch my son but not really be interacting with him and kind of daydream about whatever. It's it's You got to take every moment when you can, you know, put it into your schedule. I, I don't know, everybody's different. But take a moment because the imagination is powerful. And ultimately, I know it's easier said than done, but they say that transition is one of the bravest and hardest things you will ever do. Well, then we shouldn't let it get us down. You know, it's part of the battle. It's part of the process. It's part of it. And everybody's is different. And you learn from whoever you can, which is one of the reasons I'm sharing this podcast. And you grow from others. And so, I don't know. That's kind of what I wanted to say about that. All those episodes can be found at uh, changes in latitudes at blogspot.com. That's where I kind of house everything, you might say. Uh, we're also available on Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, I, there's really no other uh, social media. Oh, well, no. There's the Facebook page, Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Yeah, f- slash, or Facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Just search it out. Google and the search for Facebook are amazing. You'll find it if you tar- start typing it. <laughs> anyway, the logo is that uh, sunset with the white chalkboard look. I bumped the mic. Sorry, folks. And then there's uh, my Twitter, uh, at SabrinaMiller41. Theblogspot.com is going to have the links and all to it, so that's really the place to start off if you haven't found us anywhere else. (laughs) I guess that's the easiest thing to say. Okay, so now moving right along into the topic without delay. Today's topic is our guest, Gabriel Mason. And because it's a uh, guest... Uh, I'm not going to really do the second topic that I usually do, and I'm not going to do the 30-day challenge because I don't need to draw this on to a two-hour episode. We're going to skip those this episode, and we'll get to back to them later. They're they're not going away forever, folks. Just they're gone away for this one. So hold on to your panties. You'll be okay. I promise it's coming back. It's coming back. It's not canceled. It's just on hiatus. <laughs> Uh, in this interview, uh, a conversation really, I mean, I didn't interview, I asked, I got some questions together that I thought would be very, uh, uh in depth and thought provoking. And then he and I sat down and talked is really what it was. But since I went over to his place, <laughs> There was a slight echo in the room because it had uh, wooden floors and, uh, uh, this, you know, the walls are the, or, you know, not bare, but, uh, the walls are walls, sound bounces. And it's not like he had curtains or, dr- or rugs hanging from the wall. Cause not a lot of people do. Uh, so there was a little bit of echo. I did what I could to take it out, but you'll hear it there once in a while. Uh, some of the other noises you'll hear are come from two adorable dogs Uh, That just loved both of us to death, which was really nice to get some uh, love from the pet while we were there. Uh, A bird, which you will hear once in a while. Uh, A lizard, which is why there's crickets in the background. And because it was a little warm, I don't want to say hot, it was just a little warm stuffy, uh, the fan was on to move air. So you'll hear some, you know, ambient noises but i i don't think it takes away from the conversation in fact i think it just adds to the fly on the wall aspect of it <laughs> i mean that's really what what i thought when i was uh, editing this uh, together here and gabriel was one of the first openly trans people i i met through the lgbt center actually the second person the first one uh, we, he he and i talk about the first person a little bit and i'm hoping to get that that person on so i don't want to say anything to you know set myself up for failure or jinx anything so i'm not going to say who but um i hope to get that person on anyhow uh th- that person was the first one gabriel was the second and uh trans person i met other people there of course but trans person and he uh, gabriel and i just hit it off i think that's because there's a lot of similarity in views and thoughts on on life in general but yes trans uh status and community and 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 as i've mentioned in the past culture i mean it, we are we are we are large enough that we are a community. We are a culture. The president has mentioned it in a, in a speech. Uh there's news articles, uh, headliners that are coming out. <laughs> Sorry about the pun everyday. So uh the majority of the world is is now discovering transgender. And if you're one of the listeners that is, you know, you searched out transgender and you found this podcast, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, and I forgot to mention returning listeners. Oh, you guys, you know how much I love you guys. You guys are the backbone of the podcast. I mean, I, I do the podcast, but you guys that are regular listeners, you keep me going. So you know who you are. And I, I, I love you for it. And thanks for the comments on Facebook. Thanks for the reviews on iTunes. Uh, I haven't checked out Stitcher in a while. So if you've left something there, I'll get to it. Uh, and when I do, I'll mention it here. You know that. Uh, I just, like I said, been a little busy. So I haven't had a chance to go check out Stitcher because it's a, it's a, Kind of a weird way to check out comments, so I got to go episode per episode, so anyway, whatever. My burden, not yours, oh dear, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow, uh, Gabe and I hit it off really well, and uh, there's about a 10-year difference uh, in age between us, and... Uh, I think that's one of the reasons he and I get along so well. So without any further delay, I will catch you at the other side of this conversation maybe about an hour from now. <laughs> so sit back, grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, whether they be alcoholic or non, or drive safely, or be aware of your surroundings if you're walking around commuting or something. But whatever you're doing, just enjoy the conversation between Gabriel Mason and myself. I'm sitting here with a very dear friend of mine, uh, Gabriel Mason, who is an f to m trans man. And I am so ecstatic to have you on the show because... As well uh, you should be. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Because your take and view on trans issues and life and people in general is... uh, I could describe it in lots of words, but to keep (laughs) it simple, uh, thought-provoking. Okay. Just just thought-provoking, where you stop and make people... Think or piss them off, or piss them off. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Well, that's that's the individual getting pissed off, not necessarily you're pissing them off. True, well, they are pissed off at what you have to share, which is usually just the blatant truth. Yeah. So, welcome, and thank you for being on uh, Changes in Latitudes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, I have a generic list of questions here um, for uh, well, trans people in general, but uh, and I'm just going to start that, and wherever the conversation goes, the conversation goes. How similar? And how different are you before and after transition?
1: I've always been a very outgoing and confident person. And that was one of the hard things that my, my mother had uh, accepting because, as you know from your own personal experience in dealing with other trans people, they usually were um, not so comfortable and, and confident pre-transition because they were hiding a deep, dark secret. Right. Right. And, um, but that was not the case for myself. I was always very confident in myself. And, um, and I think where my differences for most people, and this is also one of the reasons that I never realized sooner that I was trans was that, um, even as a very young kid, I can recall feeling dysphoria, but realizing well, this is what I have to work with, so I have to find a way to survive, survive Late. and deal with it, and and not in a way of like, oh my god, I want to kill myself because I have boobs, but <laughs> in a way of might as well try to flaunt them, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I tried that for a while, and it I felt like I was acting, but and it wasn't, um, it was still dysphoric and uncomfortable, but it wasn't life threatening, dysphoric and right. discomfort or crippling, right? And because, again, it's like, this is the hand I'm dealt with. um, What can I really do at this point? I didn't know about trans issues and trans – the fact that I could transition at at that time. the um, uh, The only trans people I knew about were trans women. I didn't realize it was possible to go in the other direction. And I,
0: I had that same thing too when I learned about trans people. I, it was only trans women. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I don't know why I never thought right.
1: of trans men. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, why not?
0: Yeah, exactly. And once you're once you're aware of it, you're like, well, duh. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what happened. And once I realized that that I could, I saw a, a documentary on Discovery Channel, which I actually bought the DVD and I still have it on here somewhere. Um, it was like you know, the lights came on, the angels sang the hallelujah chorus, and you know the rainbow came and landed on my head and I realized, oh. That's what all this means. Duh. And and so, it was instantaneous but it was later in life and then looking back I saw like telltale signs in the past that I, kind of connected.
0: I think a lot of trans people do that. When you when you finally make the decision to, yes, I am trans, yes, I am going to transition, this is who I am and, and how I'm going to live my life. Right. I, I think it's almost a natural process mm-hmm. of thinking back over your past going, yeah, well, I remember that at this age, and I should mm-hmm. listen to myself, or whatever
1: And a lot of people will go looking for it, trying to validate their their identity, which is understandable.
0: Looking for it after they've come out to yeah, themselves?
1: Yeah, like, well, I always played with dolls, so that oh. meant I was a girl. Well, you know what? I always played with—I um, never played with G.I. Joes, but I loved playing with— Planet of the Apes action figures and Best of the West action figures. I don't know if you remember those. Cowboys and Indians. Oh, yeah. But I also did have my share of, of girl toys, too. So it wasn't it wasn't very um, polarized. And it was kind of, but not as much as I would like to think to validate my identity. Because I don't need to validate my identity, as I'll mention a lot of times today, probably. That's okay. Um, I know who I am, and I don't give a rat's ass what anybody else thinks. So... Anybody can go back and look and see clues and make clues. It's kind of like different interpretations of the Bible. I'll use that as a metaphor. Um, everybody's going to get out of it what they want.
0: Good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Now, when you say you were very aware of who you are, mm-hmm. did that come into more clarity once you came out to yourself? Or, or yeah. did you always really know, I th- but you didn't really understand it was being trans until you saw that That's uh, Yeah. I think
1: that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, as I mentioned, I guess I didn't really fully answer your question to you afterwards. afterwards. Um, yeah, I kind of always knew who I was. I didn't maybe understand what my gender identity was because I don't really think that it was important then to have that label. And I don't think it's important now to have that label. Not that I uh, issue gender identity or labels. I just don't think it's... it's like Why why does it matter, really? But um, still very confident, still very outgoing, and just more comfortable in my own skin.
0: So being yourself feels more comfortable than it did. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't feel like I have to. You know, I I never bound before I had chest surgery. For example, a lot of trans guys will bind. Oh yeah, that never occurred to me. Really, it never occurred to me. But I walked around with my arms crossed a lot. Oh. Or I layered my clothing to hide things like that. Makes sense. And, And just because I was so uncomfortable people seeing that I had boobs.
0: Were you, uh, ugh. voluptuous, we'll say? Yes. Okay, so... so zaftig Okay. Rubenesque. <laughs> would you say that cool that... figured. <laughs> would you say that that, um, uh, made you feel, uh, like you had to hide it more because they were more prominent?
1: I was an early bloomer.
0: Oh, so that's something you've been dealing with.
1: I started forever. sprouting, like, in fourth grade. Oh, my. So it was then where I was most dysphoric, because all the other girls my age were flat-chested. Right. And I was, you know, not so much.
0: I went to school with a few girls that developed early, so and I remember how they were ridiculed and how how they layered yeah. and how they, they hid mm-hmm. um, jackets and things. Mm-hmm. That's, um, so I can understand that.
1: That's what I did. And, and once I got older and, and more, um, I was also... Um, bullied a little bit. It has nothing to do with any of this, but, um, I think I realized even then why people bully. And I started bullying a little bit because I realized if I'm drawing tension away from me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I started doing that and then I realized, well, this isn't cool either. But then I started to, to, um, deal with my bullies. I took martial arts oh. and that gave me confidence to never have to worry about being bullied again. Not like I'm a master or anything. I'd probably still get my ass kicked. But at that time, it did give me that confidence, and I, I vowed to never allow anybody to bully me again. And even as I got older, um, I had you know a couple of run-ins with the Cholas in high school, and I just stood up to them. And I realized when you stand up to a bully, nine times out of ten, they back down. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're just flaunting. And I, I realized that right on. And so, so I had a lot of confidence even then, um, except for the body dysphoria thing. Even that... Uh, I learned pretty quickly after that episode in you know elementary school as I got a little bit older, so this is what I have. I have to learn how to how to make it work for me, hmm. and so I did
0: and then, just for a point of reference for our listeners for my <laughs> listeners um, where where How would you want to say your age range where where would you fall if you want to give your actual age or or Whatever.
1: i'm going to be celebrating the uh, 21st anniversary of my 29th birthday next month
0: oh good let them do math
1: yes perfect
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right next question is um what has been the biggest social changes you've noticed since transitioning social changes within yourself and how society interacts with you or you interact with them
1: Here's the thing that I get in arguments with a lot of people about feminist types, people that are always going on and on about how women are oppressed, women are oppressed, and and granted, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to deny that that there are some women that are oppressed. Uh, Pre-transition, I never felt oppressed. Um, I grew up in a small town. Uh, I come from a middle-class family, Hispanic family, and I'm a high school dropout. Um, I'm very undereducated.
0: You would never get set by talking with you
1: i 'm a good good faker um, good actor <laughs> but um so so there's there's definitely the the uh template for being oppressed you know I, I, fit, I fit the uh, stereotype so to speak, but I did aspire to be uh, top of my field in whatever field that I worked in um, and I was always valued for my skills in whatever field I worked in, so I never felt that I was um, Less than the guys, I was sought out for for my skills people people sought me out in in uh, before i okay so as you know and and people who are listening will now. Learn. Um, I worked in the funeral industry for, for several years. Before I got in the funeral industry, I actually worked in the newspaper industry. That uh, I didn't know. I did pay step. This was back in the days before computer pagination took over. And that's actually why I got into funeral industry because computer pagination took over the newspaper industry. And I, all of a sudden, I was out of a job. But I worked in the, in the newspaper industry for um, several years also and um, doing pay step. And I was really good at that. And I went from working at a small town newspaper to getting recruited by the Los Angeles Daily News.
0: Wow. So that's, that's a hefty, for those listeners that may not know, that's a big paper, uh, probably second to the uh, Los Angeles Times. Yeah.
1: So it was, um, you know, and, and, uh, and the same thing when I worked in, in the funeral industry, um, right out of mortuary school, um, I went right to working for Forest Lawn, which is probably the cream of the crop in the funeral industry in California. Um, yeah, a lot,
0: I, I think people that don't even know California recognize mm-hmm. the name Forest Lawn.
1: Right. So it, it was a pretty big deal. Very high-profile mortuary. Um, it's where I cut my teeth on the, on the dead, so dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, and I had no problems getting jobs, and, and and I always sought to, you know, better, more, you know, faster, jump higher with the new shoes. But anyway, so, no, I never felt I never felt that I was a second-class citizen because of my gender. Um, Even when I was married, um, I wore the pants in the family. Uh, So that never thing. I don't feel like I get treated any differently now. I still feel that I'm treated the same on the job because of my skills. I don't think people look at me and see, oh, he's a guy, so he obviously knows more, which is what a lot of people feel how they're treated. I haven't seen that personally. The things that I've seen in the workplace that really drive me crazy are when women are treated special because they're women.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that in my previous work history.
1: That, that to me, has been more prevalent than the other way around. And in an, uh, there's a situation I'm dealing with at my workplace right now, in fact, where I have a female coworker who is who has done some horribly inappropriate behavior, and I have complained about her multiple, multiple times, documented, and nothing is done. Hmm. So, again, that that... Uh, hasn't changed. What has changed for me is I've become more active in the LGBT community. Um, I always felt drawn to the LGBT community prior to transition, prior to even coming out, and I never knew why. Mm, okay. And I was, I would go to Pride events constantly. I had gay and lesbian friends, so I thought I was just being a good ally. Right, right. And, and of course, everybody thought I was a lesbian because I was, you know, pretty butch. And... Um, I thought that was hilarious because I was so not into women. Still you not. just
0: chose to have the quote-unquote butch look. Yeah. That
1: was what that was suited butch. you. Yeah, that was what was most comfortable for me. So everybody thought I was a lesbian, so I'd go to all these events and all the lesbians would come running and I would freak out because I didn't know how to handle that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. <gasps> yeah, I could, I could see that. I'd I freeze. My, in my past, I, I was approached by some gay men in, and I just... that didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I mean, aside, aside from saying I'm flattered, thank you.
1: I didn't know what else to say or do. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, I interrupted. I'm sorry. Well no, 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 that's okay. Um, so yeah. So, uh, once I came out and realized what was going on, I finally felt like, oh, that's why I'm so attracted to the community. And, and I found a home there and immediately, um, became involved uh, when I moved here to San Diego, well, when I first transitioned, I was living in Hawaii, and I lived there only for about a year, year and a half post-transition. And from my understanding,
0: in Hawaii, the LGBT community is uh, 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 positive in Hawaii.
1: Very much so. Okay. At the time, there was no—there's um, a trans community, but it's, it's mostly trans—it was back then. I don't know what it is now. This was in 2004. There was no trans man uh, F2M community. There was only trans women community and very accepted, but again, just trans women. And I know I knew that there were trans men there, they just they just weren't out and open. So when I moved away, I got involved. I moved to Indiana. Don't ask. And I won't. Um, <laughs> and they um, there was a group there that I belonged to, and uh, they had a, a meeting once a month in Indianapolis, and I would travel from my little town. To Indianapolis once a month and, and attend this group and they were all a great group of people and I loved hanging out with them. So when I moved to San Diego back in 2007, I uh, immediately started going to the center here and became involved in facilitating and here I am. And there you are. Here I am.
0: And we met and now we're here. Yes. Um, I'm so
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know. Um, how did your uh, personal life, dating life, sex life change or alter, uh, before, or, or uh, excuse me, after transition. Oh, you want to hear all the dirty stuff. Well, not necessarily dirty. It's, <laughs> it's more, it's more about what changed. Cause I've noticed that a lot of trans women who in their youth as men, boys mm-hmm. were exclusively heterosexual, right? But they came out to themselves. They started transitioning. And in that process, they realized, quote-unquote, discovered that they may be more bisexual or more, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, homosexual mm-hmm. or, or heterosexual in the sense that now that they're a trans woman, they're attracted to mm-hmm. men. So that's that's the realm I'm, I'm tr- uh, of where I'm asking that from. That happens
1: more often than people realize, especially in the F2M community. Um, I know when I was first coming out and getting involved, it was almost unheard of for trans guys to be attracted to men, because most trans guys came from the lesbian community. Um, so I was one of the few. I didn't come from the lesbian community. I was married. I had been married for 22 years, um, very, very much into men, never into women at all, not attracted to them in the slightest bit, never had any experience with women at all, Wasn't. didn't desire nothing. It never crossed your mind. It crossed my mind because I I questioned sometimes. Okay, the, as far as where you fit into the LGBT, right, or or not so much where I fit, but um, because I was so butch and other other lesbians uh, found me attractive, and and I was friends with quite a few. It it kind of made me wonder. Well, why don't I like women? You know, I obviously fit the the mold. But, you know, why don't I? And and I just think about it and be like, you know, you know, uh, no offense to any women, but. Uh, so, post-transition, I had for years online chatted. This was before the times of, of well, the technology we have now. What we had back then was, you know, chat rooms, chat
0: rooms, message boards, right? AOL, yes, yep. exactly. Yep,
1: yeah. And for years before I even came out to myself, I would chat online and use the guise of being male. I would, I had a male character that any of these chat rooms I went into, that was who I was. And,
0: I, I had that myself
1: growing up too, and looking back again, that was like, oh, well, duh. Uh, that,
0: on the women's side, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be okay. clear on that.
1: <laughs> and that was um, that was when I felt the most comfortable. I don't know, for lack of a better word, I enjoyed myself the most when I was able to, to play around in these chat rooms, portraying myself as male,
0: being accepted.
1: Exactly. At, But I also made it a point to never, never, never engage anybody to deceive them. Because I didn't want to. Because a lot of people back in those days, it was taboo to hook up with somebody that you met online. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was very taboo. Whereas nowadays, that's how you meet people. Yeah. You that's, know, you yeah. got your Match.com and your eHarmony. And OkCupid. Right. So and... back then, no, if you met somebody in the chat room and you hooked up with them, it was like, why didn't you just go in a back alley? You know, same thing. Yeah,
0: or go to a dive bar. Right. Or something like that.
1: Yeah. But, um, but there were a lot of people that were doing it. And I made it a point to make sure that I never led anybody on to believe that they were going to have some kind of relationship with me. Because at that time, I wasn't. Uh-huh. living as a male. I wasn't. Um, and I'd seen it happen in other people. And I was already good enough at figuring people out that in the certain chat rooms that I did hang out in, I could tell when people were being deceptive that saying that they were something that they weren't. I could just tell just by the way that they expressed themselves in chat without seeing, you know, anything. Um, so post-transition, uh, my ex and I, my husband at the time, we split very amicably uh, he wanted to stay with me, but I, at that point, was ready to move on. Our relationship had run its course. Nothing- well, you said 22 years? 22 years. That's that's. that's- and I got married when I was 17, so... Still, that's respectable. Yeah. So I had um, realized that it really had run its course. At that point, we had been living as roommates, more or less. We were not getting along. It's just that there was... The romance was dead. There was there was nothing left. The spark,
0: the yeah. the, the fire that we were, brought it. We were
1: like, we were friends. You know, it had run its course. So we split amicably. Um, we have a son together. He was eighteen when I came out, and he was not surprised at all. Really? I, yeah. He That's was, actually a question coming up about. Uh, oh, okay. we'll see. I'm answering it for you now. Yeah. Well, um, it's just because we think alike. Right. <laughs> exactly. Great minds to like, Be afraid. Yes, exactly. Be very afraid. Yeah. Well, he was. Um, well, he had for years been telling me that he felt that I was a gay man stuck in a woman's body. My son was telling me this. Really? Yeah. And I used to joke around with him and say the same thing. And so he wasn't surprised at all. And he was very, and still is very open-minded about the LGBT community. Um, The kid could spot a gay bar when he was 10 years old. So, (laughs) you know, he grew up in a tattoo shop. My ex was a tattoo artist. So, so anyway, so we split amicably. um, And at that point I was kind of like, yeah, where do I go now? Um, Our sex life prior to that um, had been uncomfortable and awkward. And, and looking back, I, I realize now it's because I wasn't comfortable having sex as a woman. Even though in our sex life, um, I took on a very male role um, sexually with my ex because as I've shared with you and I'm sharing with people now, um, I, I suspect that my ex was also trans. Uh, and I say was because uh, unfortunately he died a couple of years ago and I'll never know for sure. But um, there was a lot of things that happened that, that led me to believe that he was and so he enjoyed when when we switched roles. Um, it was it worked for him, and it worked better for me. Hmm. So, post transition, uh,
0: how it, far how far into your marriage did that uh, switcheroo start to 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 come probably alive? Probably so. halfway. Oh oh wow yeah,
1: probably halfway. Um, I I, I don't know an exact time, but. Yeah, it was it was pretty easy. And I always, always, as like I mentioned earlier, I wore the pants in the family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that moved right on into the bedroom as well. Huh. Um, I don't know if it was a combination of both of our identities or just mine being more, I don't want to say dominant, but... Masculine. We'll just, okay. We'll just leave it. Masculine. Them. That works. Okay.
0: Um, do, you, do you think that, uh, that switcheroo, as I mentioned a moment mm-hmm. ago, uh, do you think it may have been as some couples, longevity couples, try to spice up the marriage? I,
1: I initially, yes. Okay. Initially, yes. But by trying to spice it up, it was kind of like, oh, we found the thing that works.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I think that happens with a lot of people. Yeah. Trans or not. I yeah, exactly. Happens.
1: Exactly. You got to find what works. And that, that worked for a while. But even then, after a while, I was kind of like... Again. <laughs> wow. You know, it got to be a chore, which now is really? not such an issue. Huh. But um so post post transition when we and we had um even before we split up we had an open relationship because we both realized that, you know, we're not really uh, the romance is dead and, and him being a man uh having testosterone in his body, we'll put it that way. Okay. And me not he he still wanted you know to have sex constantly, and I didn't at that point. And, but I was okay with him getting it elsewhere. I really was, huh. you know, uh, because we had we did have such a good relationship. We really did. Um, well, so you said
0: he just recently, two years ago, passed. Yes. So how long was uh, from the divorce till his passing? How much time was that? Ex-friends uh, uh, is what I'm asking. About eight years. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. fair. Yeah. A, a, not recent, but a, a decent amount yeah. of
1: time. Yeah. And, um, so he'd had, um, girlfriends on the side, uh-huh. which I, I, I knew that he was seeing people, but I didn't know who, and I was perfectly okay with that. And we had moved out from, you know, a bedroom. We had, an, we had a house in Hawaii, so he had his bedroom and I had my bedroom. Very amicable. I mean, we still would go and eat dinner, go out to dinner, go to the movies, hang out. And your, your child had a room of his own. Correct. Okay. Uh, he moved out when he was 18. Um, so we still lived together for a while. Um, my ex was seeing somebody at that time who lived out of state, so he would fly to L.A. to be with her on occasion. That's a long trek from Hawaii. Yeah, it is. And um, my, um, so I had made friends in, in my chat room days, people that I ended up knowing for years, from chatting with them for years. I mean, I had chatted, I'd been chatting for years. And in this one particular instance, um, there was one woman that um, we had become very, very close. Um, I was very attracted to her intellectually. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because we had been friends for years and, and, you know, I knew her very deeply online. But I was already smart enough to realize, well, just because somebody tells you that, you know, they're this online doesn't mean that they're that. So I knew that. I wasn't, you know, naive. Um, But I had known her for so long that I knew her implicitly inside and out. And, And the same for me, except for the fact she didn't know that when we had begun talking, I wasn't who I said I was. And I felt that was the time to come out to her after my pending divorce. And I did. And her reaction was, Oh, come out as female or come out as trans as trans. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause at that point I had transitioned. So oh, I was okay. in transition during our friendship. Okay. Um, her, her biggest, um, problem was not so much that, that I had lied about being male was the character that I had made for myself was very unlike me as far as age and how I looked because I was so deathly afraid of accidentally running into somebody online who would recognize Right, of
0: course, the especially traits. back
1: then. Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, what if my neighbor mm-hmm. happens to, I'm talking with my neighbor and I don't realize it and I tell him this and this and this and he's going to put two and two together and figure out, oh, that's... That's not you. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be outed then. So I'd made up this character, as I said. It was my personality, but the, my character was much younger than I said I was. And, and pictures that I was using as me were not of me, obviously. And that's what pissed her off the most. Mm. And the fact that I wasn't the age and, and the mm. face. Were, right. You know. Right. Uh, but she got over that really quick. Uh, so the second part of this particular situation, she was married with a family. Um, uh, her and her husband were both very open and open-minded. And I had made it very clear to her from the beginning of our friendship that uh, I was not interested in any kind of a sexual or a real relationship with anybody that I met online. I was strictly there for entertainment. I made that very clear with everybody.
0: And back then, yeah, I, I understand because I did a lot of the s- similar things. Uh-huh. It was exploring my own femininity. Correct. But... It would never go
1: outside that chat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'd, yeah. Yeah, we'd have cyber sex, sure, but, you know. So, so when, I, when I explained to her why I did what I did, she really got it rather quickly, to her credit. Good. And, um, and it was at that time I started exploring my own feelings for her because I had developed feelings over time. Um, intellectual, not physical. Right. But was willing to explore the physical side of that.
0: Because the intellectual was so... Stimulating.
1: And because I was exploring all sorts of aspects about my identity, anyways, I figured, why the hell not? Um, Turns out her husband was very open to the idea Hmm. as well. I think at that point, and even still to this day now, being trans was an added bonus. Oh, well,
0: yeah. You know, it's the
1: fetish thing. Yeah, it is. At that point, I was okay with that. And to this day, I'm still okay with that. I know a lot of people aren't, but I am personally. Um, I understand why people are curious and, you know, if they want to explore that and if I want to explore it with them, I don't care. But, uh, so I I decided to make the journey to meet them and um, they lived in Cincinnati. So I flew from Hawaii to Cincinnati to meet them and I'll spare you the gory details, but it was the most intense sexual experience of my life. And I was only there for a week, but during that week's time, I decided, yeah, this is what I want. So... I moved from Hawaii to Cincinnati and I ended up moving in with them. I only lived with them for a short time because once I got there, there's an old saying, you don't know how the bear is until you live with them in his den. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's not that they weren't who they said they were. It's just that once I got there and lived with them, I realized there's personal things in everyday life that you don't take into consideration. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I can't stay here with these people. I, I mean, I didn't dislike them. It's just like, I can't live here. I need my space. And plus I had to get a job and it turns out in, in the death industry, I I wasn't uh, able to get licensed in Ohio, so I had to move to Indiana, which is how I ended up in Indiana, hmm, okay. which was only an hour drive away where I lived. So I would come back on the weekends, my weekends off, and stay with them, or um, she would come and see me on the weekends, or both of them would, because my relationship sexually was with both the husband and the wife. Uh, okay. Intellectually, it was mostly with, just with her. The husband. Oh, and that's I where were, it started, right? The husband and I were just like buddies. You know, we'd be outside working on the car together, and then we'd come <laughs> inside and you know, gang up on the wife <laughs> uh, things like that. And they had kids and that was my biggest problem was I was not at all happy about how they raised their kids, but it was none of my business because I wasn't the kid's parents. Right. But I, that bugged me so much that I had to get out of the house because mm-hmm. I couldn't stand to see the way that those kids were being raised. Um, so that was a lot of reason I left. Um, after a while, though, that, that, that whole thing, and in, in retrospect, I realized that a lot of it was validating for my gender identity as well. Oh, it's yeah, of course, something like that. Absolutely. And when I realized that I didn't need that validation anymore, the shine sort of went off the panty, as they say. <laughs> and I realized, and I, plus I realized I couldn't stand living in that part of the country. Mm-hmm. I wanted to move back to California. My family's here in California. So I left. And and well, oh yeah, they have
0: winter out there
1: and tornadoes. Yeah, I mean we have earthquakes, but I'd rather much rather have an earthquake. I used to say I'd prefer a tornado because at least they have the warnings. Yeah, but they have warning sirens going off every freaking day.
0: I, I have friends, family from back east, so yeah, yeah, I hear the stories. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I couldn't wait to get out of the Midwest, and I I, I moved back here. Uh, once I moved back here, I again immediately after a month of living here, got into a relationship with a trans woman. Um, again, attracted by intellect um, and, and physical attraction too. And and that probably w- would make her feel bad because she knew that I was attracted to men. So mm-hmm. therefore, in her mind, she was thinking, well, you're only attracted to me because you see a man. And that really wasn't the case at all. I saw her as completely female, even pre-op. Um, but I have, learned, have grown in my... Identity. I've grown in realizing now that I'm not attracted to physical traits anymore. I'm attracted to intellects and uh, personality, and you know, a person's heart and mind, not not their body, not their genitals. Um, yeah, sure, I'll see somebody attractive walking down the street, and I'll turn my head. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be a guy, and not a woman. <laughs> but. Uh, when it comes down to who I want to be with, it's it's got to be more than looks, absolutely. And it doesn't matter if they are male or female. But again, sexually, physically, it is male uh, a male body that I'm attracted to. So, and now I'm single, and my phone number is I'm kidding. No, I'm happily single. Happily single. Uh,
0: so this is the 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 child question I okay. mentioned a moment ago. If you have children or a child, mm-hmm. how is your being transgender? affected them, if at all.
1: Oh, it definitely affected them, and I, I would say it would affect any of, any kids, of course. I was um, fortunate that, as I mentioned earlier, my son was very open-minded, um, but he did have concerns, and there was a time where our relationship was a little bit strained, um, and, and there was a lot of things going on at the time that didn't really, um, I don't think, had a lot to do with me. Uh, his relationship with his father was very strained. And I was the buffer between the two of them. And that made a very uncomfortable situation for me.
0: Was it the separation divorce that may have uh, started it, stimulated it? No.
1: No? Okay. He wasn't surprised at all when we separated. Okay. He told us that he saw signs of that happening back when we lived in L.A., which kind of surprised me because I thought we had already, we had always, we never really fought. We just kind of were just like, eh, whatever.
0: How old was he when you were in L.A.? Because <sighs> you said he moved out at 18 like and you divorced 13? at 18. Oh, so five, five years he saw it coming.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe even earlier than that. But um, he... His concern was losing his mother. Mm. He was afraid of losing his mother. And he and I had always had a... Losing his mom how? I guess he was afraid that he was going to lose the relationship that we had had as mother and son. Okay. That's the only way I can imagine it. Because I I can't see him thinking that I was going to abandon him because I transitioned. And so I made a point of sitting down and saying, look, no matter what happens, I will always be your mother.
0: Well, just as I will always be my father's, my my child's father. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot
1: of trans people will say otherwise. I've heard that. They will disagree. You know, they will say, no, I can't wait to be a dad or I can't wait to be a mom. It's like, I'm not his dad. He has a father. Mm -hmm. I'm his mother. Right. And um, I don't want to try to play that role. And with other families, other trans families, that works for them and good for them. But that's not for me. Um, he still calls me mom, and he's asked me before, what do you want me to call you? I said, you call me whatever you feel comfortable calling me. He still calls me mom. He still uses female pronouns, and as I said earlier, I don't care. I know who I am.
0: Uh, on that note, as far as mm-hmm. calling you mom and female pronouns, uh, do you, when you're out for dinner, lunch, or whatever, <laughs> does, that, does that cause any... Uh, worry discomfort discomfort dysphoria whatever label no I,
1: I in fact i kind of wait for it to happen because the the evil part of me wants to see the reaction okay because okay I'd get, I'd get a kick out of it because i'm kind of sick and twisted that way <laughs> but um i have noticed that when we are in public he he does he does watch what he says oh so he watches yeah
0: not by your request
1: no i don't i don't care and i've told him i don't care in fact his wife um who he moved at 18 to be with um she she came and stayed with us when we lived in Hawaii for um, about a month. And this was right at the beginning of my transition. So she knew me right at the beginning. And so she's gone through this whole transition with him and with me. And she's been very cool about it. So has her whole family. That's great. And I asked her at one point, I said, does it feel weird to you? Because she refers to me as Gabriel. She refers to me with male pronouns. Whereas her husband, my son, does not. I said, isn't that weird for you? And she's like, no. Do they, do they have any kids? No. No? Okay. No. Okay. They, they want kids, and I know for a while they were trying. I think there's some fertility issues going on. Hmm. Um, they were not really in a place where, where um, I think they're ready financially. Uh, you said th-
0: that about a lot of people in exactly. the country now.
1: Nobody's ever financially ready for children. But, no, um, not really. <laughs> I don't know if they're still trying. Um, I know that they were talking about adopting if things didn't work out, so we'll see what happens. Okay.
0: And you're looking forward to being the grandmother-grandfather?
1: <laughs> no, I hate children. They should all be drowned at birth. Wow. Okay.
0: So I guess that's the end of this no,
1: I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, I'm kidding. Of course, if they have a, if they have a, a child, I'll you know I'll dote on them. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that child would call me. It, it would be up to them. I, right. I, I personally wouldn't care. Right. You know, they could call me Aunt Harriet if they want. If they don't care. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. How did your work slash professional life uh, change? during and after transition if any
1: changes happen. I was very fortunate that I was working for a company at the time in Hawaii. And again, Hawaii was probably the best place to transition to because Hawaiian culture is very accepting of trans people. It's part of the culture. More so trans women. Um, I I really honestly don't know what the history there is with trans men, but with trans women, yeah, it's very, um, very part of the culture. Um, I worked for a very small privately owned mortuary. We had eight or nine employees total. Wow, real small. Yeah. Uh, I was the only embalmer. I think wow. shortly after I transitioned, we finally got somebody else to help me. My boss, who owned the mortuary, was um, from Denmark. Hmm. So when I came out to him, he was like, Shh, I'm from Europe. We don't care about that stuff. <laughs> so it was a huge non-issue. That's Very great. huge That's non-issue. Good. What about the other employees? um they were they were very um supportive surprisingly so in fact it was one that i kind of had a personality clash with that i was he was the one i was concerned about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but he was actually surprisingly accepting and supportive as well and it could have been attributed to his hawaiian upbringing you know as part of the culture i don't know all very cool all very supportive never had any issues and every place that i've worked at since i have come out except for in indiana well even then i came out to my one coworker when i left All very supportive. I've never had a single negative experience at all. That's very lucky. Very blessed. Yeah. Uh,
0: Do you think that is possibly because you're a trans
1: man versus trans woman? Probably. Admittedly so. It's more acceptable for women to take on masculine privilege.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. And that's just been the, I don't want to say norm, but uh, nobody has ever had an issue that I can think of, of a woman putting on... Male clothing Right, exactly They're just being comfortable They're doing cleaning They're whatever the case may be Right, yeah Staying warm
1: Yeah, working in the yard Right, yeah Yeah, Whatever
0: What was your biggest fear before coming out? In in regards to coming out?
1: Acceptance, of course, I think Um,
0: Public or family
1: Acceptance Probably both. It's kind of weird to say, because I've shared my coming out story with you before, but um sharing it with others now. Yay. Uh, yay. My parents were not so accepting immediately. Um, my parents were initially very unsupportive, in fact, to the point where they disowned me. Excuse me. Um, cut me out of their lives. But for some weird reason, I didn't take that as rejection. I took that as a challenge, sort of. Hmm. And I was like, all right, okay. I'm going to leave the doors of communication open because I know you're going to come around. And and they did. Sure enough, they did. Uh, there was still contact with other family members that, that had accepted me and were in contact with my mom. So my mom was checking in with me through them. So, you know, I knew that they still loved me. I knew they still cared. They were just processing things the way that they knew how. And... Uh, sure enough, they came around in about six months. So it took them a while. But when they did, it was amazing. And our relationship is better than it has ever been in my entire life. My relationship with my parents, once I hit puberty, it kind of got really strained. Um, hmm. And a lot of it was because I got married so young, too. Um, much against their wishes. Um, well,
0: yeah, you said you dropped out of uh, yeah, I dropped high school. Yeah, dropped out of high
1: school to get married, which, in retrospect, was a bad move. Um, but, you know, for... for for, it worked for me at the time. Right, right, right. I wish I would have done things differently now, but, you know... Well,
0: I, find a person out in the world that doesn't wish they did something different in their years. Exactly.
1: So, you know, I Everybody can't change it, that. and I just have to work with what I have now, which is what I've always done, and things are great with my parents now, and um, we get along great. We spend a lot of, all of our vacation times I spend with my parents and my family and stuff, so I'm enjoying them now because I know I'm not going to have them for a whole lot longer, so right. taking advantage of that.
0: Uh... You may, I think you may have mentioned this just in in brief conversation, but what was the process for you coming out to yourself?
1: Seeing that Discovery Channel episode. How many times did you watch that? Um, Be, before saying, yes, that's me. Once. Oh, once. wow. Because it was on the Discovery Channel and I was, I was home alone watching it one afternoon and I, like I said, I swear to God it was like the heavens opened up and the angels sang the hallelujah. Of course, it really, really was because I, I was just sitting there like And I ordered the DVD immediately afterwards so that I could watch Watch it again. Watch it again. How many times did you watch it once it arrived? I don't recall. Okay. I don't recall. Um, I'm sure I did more than once, but I honestly haven't cracked it open in years. Of
0: course. Why would you need to? Yeah.
1: But um, at that point, probably probably a few more times. But as soon as I knew that, like many trans people, I just knew it right away. And I rushed forward with transition, which is something I never recommend. But it worked for me. So, yeah. Uh,
0: you may have mentioned this in just brief conversation, but who took your coming out the hardest and then who took your coming out the easiest?
1: Definitely my parents, the hardest. Okay. Um, easiest, probably strangers or people that I worked with because it didn't have any emotional effect on them. Um, my ex took it very well and my son took it very well. My in-laws took it surprisingly well. Really? Yeah. My wow. in-laws responded quicker than my parents did.
0: Wow. Yeah. Even though divorce was in the works at that point.
1: Not at that point. It wasn't at oh, that wasn't. point. We had planned on staying together. Oh, okay. Yeah. My husband at that point had said he wanted to stay with me. And at that point I was like, okay, but it, it quickly deteriorated. And, and, but up until then, um, not to pat myself on the back, but I had been really, really good for my husband in his parents' eyes because he was kind of a loser when I met him and mm. had no drive and no ambition. And, um, I gave him a lot of drive and ambition, poked him a lot in the butt with a stick to get off his ass and do something with his life. Literally and figuratively. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> there we go. And, uh, he, um, you know, he went from working when I met him as a, a minimum wage video game arcade worker okay, to owning his own tattoo shop. Wow. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Good for him, but Patting good for you too. You should, you should. <laughs> and his parents realized that about him, and they realized that about us, that I was a driving force and motivating him. He never wanted to leave the small town we lived in. You know, mm. I was the one that was like, come on, come on, let's move to LA, let's move to LA, let's move to LA. You know, and I did so by getting better and better job until I did end up working in LA. And, and that's how we ended up there. Hmm. So. Um,
0: <clears throat> when you started your transition, did you document it at all? I mean, I, privately or not publicly because times have changed, but privately.
1: I started a blog because that was the thing to do. And and there weren't many trans men back then that were public. Right. Um, but I realized very quickly, like within a few days, <laughs> my life was just too dull and boring to, to blog about. I right. mean, on paper, if you were to document, if I were to write a book, it would actually be pretty interesting because I've had some very interesting experiences. But... The moments between those experiences are pretty dull and boring, so I really lost interest in in, in doing that for myself or for anybody else. So now, not so much. I figured, eh, somebody else will do it did, for them.
0: Did you take uh, pictures or anything during during your process or or I know? What a lot of F to M's do is record voice. Voice. Yeah. No.
1: No. No. That wasn't that wasn't important to me. Okay.
0: Is there anything that you miss pre transition? now that you've been transitioned for over 10 years, 10, years. Over yeah. ten
1: years. Anything that I miss about yeah. living as female? Mm-hmm. No, no. Cause I, I feel that I can pretty much do the same things then that I do now. I, I, I didn't take advantage of female privilege. <laughs> I, I didn't explore women's spaces. I don't feel like I'm excluded now from that because it wasn't some place that I wanted to be anyways. Right. Okay. So, no, Makes not sense. really.
0: Uh, in your first year of transition, what was your biggest challenge?
1: Wow. Nothing. I really had no challenges. Everything was so smooth. You're one of the luckies. Very, very, very lucky. Um, at the time, I was a practicing Christian, and uh, I attributed all to God's, being God's will Because everything fell into place so easily and smoothly for me. It was a seamless transition. There was no difficult um, aspect to it at all. Nothing. Not one single thing. Uh, My parents was the most difficult thing. And, you know, like I said, that was, you know, like, whatever.
0: Uh, Was there anything that surprised you the most when you first transitioned? Or was there anything that surprised you the least
1: when you transitioned? I was surprised at how easy it, it went. It went, okay. Yeah. I, I was expecting, you know, this huge struggle, and, and, and still, in retrospect, I realize that I am not the norm, because I do see the struggles, being facilitator of the groups that I am, I see the struggles that people go through, years and years of struggles, and I went through like, you know, maybe a, a day of a struggle, you know, the inconvenience of, you know, having to go to do my name change, or, you know... Right, right. Stuff like that, the driver's license, uh, going to take a passport... For, I mean, it was more inconvenience than... Than anything else. Than anything, yeah. Right.
0: Oh, I'm transitioning, so I have to go and do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can understand that because I'm right at that point myself where in the next, <clears throat> oh, probably two, three months, well, if not sooner, I'm going to be uh, pursuing the uh, name change, document change process myself. Mm-hmm. And only because it is such a hoop and so many hoops to jump through that I'm not really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. It's an inconvenience. It's, Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an inconvenience. But it is a lot easier now than it once was. Exactly. So I'm grateful for that. I had it easy in Hawaii because in Hawaii, it's so different doing it there than it is here. There you go to the lieutenant governor's office and just basically file a piece of paper. Wow. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whereas here, yeah, you got to go to court. Got to go to court. And I've gone to court with, to with people to to help them out. Right. So I've seen how it's done here. Hmm. And I'm like, God, I'm so glad I didn't have to do this. <laughs> And everything was just easy. I went. I never. I never got my birth certificate changed or had the, the official gender changed because what's the point, really? Yeah. Nobody looks at your birth certificate. Not really. Um, I've had my passport. I changed my passport when I when I did everything in Hawaii. I did everything like boom, like in a, within a week. You know, I went and changed my social security, my driver's license, my passport. I got all that done like then, and like went around literally. I took like a vacation, I think, and went from like business to business, like my insurance company, my mm. bank, mm-hmm. all these places gave him my court-ordered name change, changed everything, like, immediately, and yeah, it was just an inconvenience. Uh,
0: What are your thoughts on gaining some uh, male privilege?
1: A lot of people like to throw that term privilege around, and it really pisses me off
0: I only use that word because everybody understands what I'm talking about. I know.
1: I I would like to change that label as myself. I know you're playing devil's advocate, and I appreciate that because I like doing that as well. Uh, I personally do not feel like I've gained any male privilege. And I know, um, people will, will argue with me that saying that I am without realizing it. And that's probably the case, but I also didn't feel like I ever had female privilege either. I don't feel like I get treated any differently. I don't feel like any doors have opened for me. I don't feel like anything's gotten easier. I don't feel like people recognize me for just because I'm perceived as male now. Um, It doesn't feel that way to me. I don't feel any different. Uh, I don't feel like I have any more confidence just because I'm male. I don't feel I got my job because I'm male. I don't feel any of that stuff. In fact, quite the opposite when we talk about in our discussion groups. Uh, exchanging one privilege for another. Um, one of the examples I use is as a woman, you can go if you see a lost child and confront the lost child and nobody's going to look at you twice. Whereas if you're a man and you do that, people are automatically thinking you're a pedophile. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, but yeah,
1: um, I have found people approach me very easily. Um, whereas I, I'm very much anti-social person and I will make a point of wearing sunglasses outside and scowling when I'm walking down the street hoping people will Won't. steer clear. Right. It doesn't work. People hmm. will come up and talk to me. Small children will come up to me in stores and grab my leg and hug me. Wow. And their parents don't seem to react. Like, get away. Huh. They They find it amusing. Huh. My, my, my uh, experiences, pre and post transition, talking to other people have been very, very different from, from other people's. From from what?
0: Uh, the norm. Well, we mentioned, yeah, the norm. Yeah. Quote unquote.
1: Yeah. a well, lucky good. few. Yeah. Um.
0: Now, we touched on this briefly. Um, How did your partner spouse, uh, how was your partner spouse affected by your transition? You said he wanted to to stick with you, and you said that you suspect that he may have been trans himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, His reaction, from what I recall, and I'm lucky I can remember where I parked, so, you know, it's been (laughs) a long time. Um, I I distinctly remember him just kind of going, huh. Huh. Yeah, that kind of makes sense.
0: So both your son and your husband kind of had that, yeah, that makes sense Yeah, experience. Yeah. Wow. Um, I had that reaction when I came out. Uh, more people than I ever would guess came back to me and said, yep, that makes sense. I see that. Yeah. Wait, what? I've yeah. been searching for 20 years. <laughs> and you, <laughs> do you saw think? it? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and it's kind of funny because um, my parents had a problem seeing it, again, because my mom thought that I was so grounded and secure and confident and, and, and that was the case too. But talking to some other cousins and the nice thing about, uh, my coming out is, um, like to my family, I have a very large, uh, extended family, lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles. I've had not had a single negative experience with them either. In fact, one of my cousins, um, one day I thought it was great because most people won't talk about it. It's like, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. It it's is. like they they treat me well, right? They they use proper pronouns. They they use my my chosen name, um, but I know that they're burning with questions. I can see it. And I, one of these days, I want to sit down and say, "All right, we're going to have a, you know twenty questions. You all get twenty questions, you know, <laughs> because I'm okay with that. I think that's great. You know, it's the, education. Yeah, absolutely, it's normalizing. But I had one one um, cousin who is my age, who's female, and uh, the first time I saw her after coming out which I didn't have to come out to my extended family. It just kind of, you know, mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. the grapevine, which is great. It yep. saves me the trouble. It saves you the trouble. Yep. And, um, she actually told me, she goes, well, to be honest, she goes, we were all surprised when you got married. They, they thought I was a lesbian. Oh, right. Well, well yeah. you, you,
0: you said your style
1: was very butch. Quote, yeah. Um, she goes, and we were even more surprised when it stuck. So, <laughs> so um, 22 years, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, a time. It's a chunk of change. It is. It's a long time. Um,
0: Oh, we talked about this briefly. Um, you noticed change in sexual orientation since coming out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, that uh, when I when I came out, trans men that were attracted to men were, were virtually unheard of. But now... I well,
0: think... I only recently heard of that in the last probably two years. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. well, most of the time, most F to M's that I've heard about, read about, started as lesbians. Right. Yeah. So they become... Hetero. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the only exposure right. I've ever really had. Right. And But when you stop and think about it, well, yeah, it makes sense that your orientation, your sexual orientation, is attracted to men. Right. Or, or for you personally, but whatever other f to ms are attracted to men.
1: Right. And um, that's more the case now. I see more and more most trans guys, I think, are secretly attracted to men, even if they don't admit it. Hmm. You know?
0: Would they fall into the uh, uh, bisexual category area, realm?
1: Oh, nowadays it's queer. Come on, get with it. Yeah,
0: I know the term is queer. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's a label.
1: Yeah, I think, especially with the younger sect, you know, they want they got to have their own their own new hip language. Um, well,
0: I, uh, my wife and I, who you've met and who's been on the show, we were talking about that in this last week, that uh, that generation is trying to go for a more equality, uh, equal spread across everything. Yeah. So instead of putting the label of lesbian, gay, bisexual, whatever, is queer, queer or... Uh, uh, poly or, right. or uh, there's another one and I can't think of it right now, but you know, what I'm, you know, the area I'm yeah. talking to, to help spread the equality yeah. by changing the language. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, me neither. Because when you say, and I'm just going to use this as an example, when you say bisexual in that person's mind, okay, they are attracted to both quote unquote, both genders. Right. Um... And there's no no other questions about it. You like the masculine side and the feminine side. Good mm-hmm. for you. And let's move on to dinner or whatever. Yeah. I like dinner. Let's do dinner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got, everybody's got to eat. <laughs> um, happens a lot. The labels. train gets to really yeah labels. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I've noticed that the labels are changing, even though the definitions are basically the same.
1: Yeah. Here's my take on the label for bisexual. Um, when people ask me what my orientation is, the, the easy answer would be to say that I personally don't identify as bisexual and here's why. To me, bisexual means you are attracted to men and you are attracted to women. The binary. I am not attracted to women. I'm open to relationships with women based on intellectual experiences, but I'm not attracted to women. Right. So that's why I use the term pansexual.
0: That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Okay.
1: Pansexual, yeah. yes. Because to me, and, and that also, um, that to me, that also, uh, includes trans people and thing. And, and here's, here's a comment I'm going to make that will piss off a lot of trans people. Even if I was strictly attracted to one binary gender, I don't feel as a trans person that I have ownership of the word gay or straight because of my history, hmm. because of my anatomy, um, my history was being raised as female. And even though I am male identified now, my history is still female. My anatomy still has female parts to it. Therefore, that switches things up in my book. So I can see that. I don't feel personally that I have ownership of saying I'm a gay man. Um, I have definite male identity. I have definite male ideas. I, I, I think I look pretty male. Um, I would say so. No uh, straight guy is going to be attracted to me. Oh, straight guy.
0: Oh, probably. I don't think. Well, I don't think they could use the label
1: straight if that's the case. And then that's another thing. There's an awful lot of straight guys that are out cruising for gay sex. Well, that's been the case. For centuries. Yeah. Since time began. Yeah. So, again, that's why I have an issue with those labels. Um, It's not any of this newfangled... Those dumb young kids, those whippersnappers back in my day, you were gay or you were straight. You know, it's. I, I understand why they're doing what they're doing and, and they want the equality and this and that. And it's good for them, but it's not good for me. So um, I don't like the queer label. To me, it's it's not part of who I am. If they want to identify as queer, good for them. I, I kind of don't really... If I have to use one, it's pansexual. But even that, I feel kind of like... That sounds so. Uh,
0: well, it, I, I think it would be easy. Pinky's out, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I would think that the term pansexual would just make it easier to convey your your sexual attraction than going through the I'm attracted to the intellect and the body exactly, the and but blah, I still blah, have blah, to blah, explain blah, blah, blah.
1: that because people don't know what the hell pansexual is. Not yet. They will. They will. They will. So sometimes it's just easier to say that I'm bi, because depending on have on your your uh, uh, audience. That makes sense. Exactly. You know, it's. Um, yeah, I, I've had people, because most people that, that don't know my trans history assume that I'm a gay man. Because I do have very, you know, feminine characteristics, I suppose. You spent how many years getting exactly. as a and, But this is the funny thing. I feel more comfortable expressing them now than I ever did before. Transition. Hmm. Which makes no sense whatsoever. Hmm. But uh, now I'm not afraid to to show that. Whereas before I was very rigid and was... It makes no sense. No,
0: no, it does. It makes sense to me because I was always afraid of looking too feminine or acting too feminine Mm -hmm. in my youth Mm -hmm. as a a man, as a boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that I'm out and transitioning, uh, I have, well, obviously on the feminine side, I have no issues. But... um, I have really no issues of doing "quote unquote" more masculine things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been uh, working on cars, but I like to I like to build things. I like uh-huh. to repair "quote unquote" things, paint and fix stuff around the house, uh, 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 gardening things like that. But um, I mean, gardening isn't necessarily one gender or the other. But um, but but I, I just I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in expressing. Okay, is a better, yeah. better way to say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, you don't have to watch your P's and Q's anymore.
0: Yes. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. You don't have to think of what people are thinking about me. Right. Because you're more, well, for me, more comfortable in your skin
1: Mm -hmm. and yourself
0: and and who you are.
1: And for me, it's, it's backwards. So I don't get it, but it is what it is. So most people perceive me as, as a gay man. And, and I have had people that, uh, coworkers, for example, like when I started working where I work now approached me, are you gay? You know, (laughs) which kind of. Always throws me off like, why would you ask that, you know? Mm-hmm. But then again, there have been people that I've wondered about, too. And it's like, yeah, well, why don't I just ask them instead of speculating, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, I think in society and culture, we've reached that point of it's a little more okay yeah. to talk to somebody that you have. seen not a total stranger, but a coworker or somebody you've right. shared some time with to say, hey, are you... Gay, straight, whatever your case may be. Right. right. Um, and that's just, I think, where we are as a culture, <laughs> that we're more open to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have to lay out the whole spiel, and which I don't need to, but to me, just saying I'm bi is just... I think it depends
0: on who you're talking to.
1: Yeah. It really yeah. depends on the
0: audience. Yeah. Because some people, you don't want to give them any more than the three seconds, it says, hey, I'm bisexual. Oh, okay. And you move on. Right. So there's the first half of the conversation with Gabriel. And we're going to pick up right where we left off next episode, I promise. I promise. I just didn't want to make this episode go on forever. So next episode, we'll have the the, uh, second part of our conversation. And I just wanted to say, I am going to say it again. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, or or want to get in touch with Gabriel, send it through to the show, send it to me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail dot com, or the Facebook page, and I will get it to Gabriel. And right now, I think it's just about time for a music cue. Mm-hmm. All right, listener feedback. This first listener feedback comes from a friend of mine who listens to the show, and I thank you very, very much. Uh, The listener is Diane T., and I wanted to say thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you're enjoying uh, my journey and can, can get a better understanding of... Well, trans people in general, transgender people in general, but but also where I am at, if that makes sense, because that's really what this show is kind of about. Anyhow, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Also, you sent me a question and I answered it to you right away. So I know I know you're not waiting on pins and needles for the answer to this, but I thought it was a good question and I'm going to share it here. And the question was, are there times you miss being a guy? And I kind of, I think I've answered it throughout the process of this, of the podcast, but I'll just sum it up, you know, right now while it's, you know, kind of fresh in my mind. And if there's, it's not, there's not like a, I miss being a guy because I still do the same things that I did as a guy. I mean, that's not going to change. Uh, I, I talked about uh, certain things, you know, your physical limitations. But that happens to every single person in the world. It doesn't matter your trans status or not, and any other limitations you put on yourself, mental limitations, which you can work through. There's ways to work through that, counseling or just you know, t- t- talking to yourself a little, a little pep talk you might say. Uh, but the physical, ch- the physical challenges are the ones that are really going to stop just about anybody. So that's the only way I see it. And the, and then I, as I thought a little bit longer, really the only thing I, quote unquote, miss as a guy is going into the guy's bathroom because I don't go into the guy's bathroom anymore, you know? So, so that's really the only thing I could miss. And do I miss it? No, I don't. Um, uh, for some reason, I feel that the women's bathroom is a lot more private. You get a little more privacy in the women's room and it's amazing. And I... I've mentioned this in the bathroom's episode, but uh I think that's the one thing that I noticed right away and is 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 part of the reassurance that i am trans- that i that transition is the right uh thing for me it it's one of those confirming moments so so yeah, so you know it, i mean it's not like it happens every time I go into the girls' room, but anytime I'm in the woman's room and I'm thinking about which isn't often, but there have been some times my mind kind of wanders. As I said, I daydream that, you know, if if I was doing this exact same experience in the man's room, what it would be like, and, you know, uh, it is what it is. I don't need to get into detail there. Everybody has those experiences. Uh, well, maybe not with the different bathrooms, but everybody has bathroom moments and daydreams experiences, whatever they are, whether you're reading something or daydreaming or whatever you do. Listen to podcasts, probably. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm kind of drifting on my conversation here. Anyhow, the thing that that I, I enjoy is the privacy when I go into the woman's room. It just feels so much more private. Next listener feedback is a brand new listener as well. I had this person uh, got in touch to me through another listener. So thank you so much. I'm so glad you're listening. Addison S., We had a little conversation on Facebook, and I'm not going to divulge anything here. Don't worry. I can feel you getting antsy already. Don't worry. I just wanted to give you a shout out on the podcast to say thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot that you listen. Stay strong, as we talked about. Stay strong. You can do it. Support system, honey. Support system. Okay? And you can message me anytime. Just give me a chance to respond because, you know, I've got life and kid and all that. (laughs) But I do try to respond within a reasonable amount of time. And anybody that's gotten gotten feedback from me understands that, knows that. So, and usually I apologize profusely in it if I'm like late on it. Because sometimes I don't check my emails. Guilty. Sorry. But I usually get back to you when I do. So, there you go. But anyhow, Addison, thank you so much for listening. Stay strong. You can do it, girl. I know you can. One day at a time. And this last listener feedback goes out to longtime listener Thomas S. Thank you, my friend. I think that summarizes everything. And you know what I mean. So thank you. We have reached that time. Time to close out the episode now. Uh, thank you so much, Gabriel, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You know that. Thank you so, so, so much. Don't worry. We're going to get back to that secondary topic and the 30-day trans challenge question. Uh, not next episode, because with the next episode, we got Gabe again. But the episode after that, episode 22, they'll be back. I promise. they are just taking a little break. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. And if we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the Internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Time for takeout. Wait, what? No, it's the outtakes all right so this is just checking for levels it's February 2nd 622 pm I really love this music I feel so lucky that I found it I really do yay for garage band thank you welcome Apple. to changes in latitudes a transgender experience. A 40-something right, trans levels are looking woman good shares so her far. observations, hot, life stories, but, uh, and the adventures of her so journey through transition I don't know. Seems okay. and beyond. Seems really okay. And now, here she is, your host... Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello! Okay, we're just doing this for sound check and all that, so uh, we can pull the audience down now. Thank you very much. Pull it out of the way and listen to that band. Ba-da-da-da. 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 Oh, yeah! What a band! What a band! What a band! Okay, if anything, that's an outtake. Wow, have we. Bump the microphone is what we did. <laughs> uh, why is my mouth so dry? So, as I said, Gabriel's back again. You're gonna have. Uh, if you noticed in the conversation, we really in the beginning it was kind of kind of slow. You know, we were. I, I had never been to his place before, so I was checking it out. And really cool decor that really spoke about himself. You could see that. Yeah, this is your place. So it was. I, I was. I was adjusting to the environment you might say and and then he wasn't entirely sure how the conversation was going to flow in the beginning but he what after about 10 minutes or so the momentum kicked in and it revved all the way up to the end there well guess what next episode we pick up that rev right where we left off